Hello, and welcome to another Nine Circles Audio Thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke. And on this week's episode, I am joined by two members of the band Kardashev. I'm joined by Mark, the vocalist, and Nico, the guitarist. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this glorious Tuesday? Feeling good. Feeling good. It's been it's been a very crazy uh, couple weeks for me personally, and I know that for for Nico and I both, we've been we've been working hard, uh, staying on top of things as the album is is coming up. So it's been yes. nice. It's been nice to have a more relaxed day. That's just that's for me though. <laughs> but yeah, Nico, I will let you. I will I will give you the floor here in a sec. But I will be remiss if I say Liminal Right is out June tenth on Metal Blade Records. So Nico, yeah. how are you doing? Sir. Hey, thanks for asking, man. And thanks for having us on here. I'm doing very well. I'm really excited to be in the promo cycle of the album. It's our first one on a major label, and I'm always looking forward to what the day is going to bring me. You know, guys, I interview hundreds of artists. I've been doing podcasting for 12 plus years or so now before podcasts were everybody and their brother did them. It was like I used to stream on Twitch when Twitch started. Now I don't sit in a hot tub with uh, my uh, man boobs out. So why do I go on Twitch anymore? <laughs> but but uh, I say that because there are few artists who join me that I am as excited as I am to talk to you guys. You guys are my wheelhouse. You guys do progressive metal like I like it. And this new album the first time your first single hit, it 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 did something to me. It did something to me. Like, you know, when you're scratching off a scratch off and you think you're like, oh, shit, there's one number. There's two. There's three. Oh, I need four to hit it. And you start scratching it off. I'm telling you what, guys. This album is amazing. And I can't wait for our listeners to really hear it. The, the full thing. Mm. Well, that that is that is uh, that's awesome feedback. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, we we definitely try to uh, instill an emotional response in in the listeners. So when people tell us that, you know, kind of regardless of the emotion, it is. Well, I mean, we we shoot for good a good one, um, <laughs> but we know we know we've done something right when they're like when they're like, oh yeah, like I really felt this song in X Y Z fashion. So that's 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 amazing. Thank you for telling us that. You know, Mark, you and Nico and your your bandmates, you you guys do something special here that not a lot of bands do. There's a lot of bands who do one thing well, or maybe two things well. But the more complex, the more layers you put on to that musical pie or cake. I don't know if pies can have layers, but the more layers you put on it, a lot of bands can fall and stumble and trip over themselves pretty easily. 
you guys have only gotten better. And I'm telling you what. Um, so let's, I want to start there first. The complexity that you guys set up in the beginning and where you have evolved, where it's at now, was that something, Mark, that you went into it when you guys formed a band saying, this is what we're going to do? You know, actually, that that question is probably better answered by Nico because uh, he yep. was he was the I came in a month or two after Kardashev started, and a lot of that compositional complexity starts okay. with with Nico. So I'm going to pass it to you. But. Yes, Nico, go 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 ahead. And first, of all, I have to say I love having multiple members on because it adds such a great dynamic. So thank you both for you joining. But Nico, the the question to you, sir. Yeah, that's a great question. Originally, when we started the band, we were sort of in the era of progressive deathcore, I guess is how I might describe it, or like the gent phase that the internet was sort of producing at that time and cultivating. So going into Kardashev, we didn't really have like a scope of the project, much less an idea of the length of it. I mean, it's been 10 years this year. I, I wouldn't even have thought of that. Isn't that crazy? I know, right? It's like unreal that we've been able to not only sustain it, but as you said, improve on it so um thank you for that feedback but you know originally we just wanted to write music that we wanted to hear because it's not to be like a conceited form it's just to say like it would be cool if we wrote deathcore with ambience that's basically how it started and then eventually we started finding more progressive elements in music that we wanted to adopt and build upon and that allowed us to go down atmospheric death metal or sorry atmospheric black metal uh eventually getting into the beautiful singing that mark can do and <sighs> It really developed itself over the years as we wanted to push the boundaries. Mark, you and your your voice, I tell you what, it is angelic to a metal guy like me. You can't see it over here to my left, but Opeth is my favorite metal band mm, because, yeah. of what, because of what Mikkel can do with his vocal range. But I see you... This is no disrespect, but what I'm about to say, you are a guy like me of my stature. We're both bearded and you <laughs> let out these, you let out this singing voice that hits you. And you're like, holy crap, where did that just come from? Yeah. Sure. Where did that just come from? So, so Nico, when, when you were, were forming the band, did you have somebody first before Mark or, or when you found Mark, was it like, Ah, like <laughs> this is it this is it you know uh i i wish i could say that i had uh i had anything but a result of just inviting a close friend of mine to be a part of a fun creative project at that point and mark can probably tell you better but at that point mark had not really been in a band before like a structured band there was some singing but you know this was his this is his first band First rock band, band doesn't stop. count mark rock band or guitar <laughs> hero doesn't count no okay. karaoke. <laughs> yeah. yeah karaoke bars okay but 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 mark why what what was it before because one doesn't get to this 10 years later and have what you have yes you know a lot of that's natural talent but mm. But what what was it before that this was your first foray into this? Uh, you know, I, I just didn't know um, anybody making music. And Nico was the, the first person I met. So up until uh, Nico and I both went, both went to uh, Northern Arizona University. And up until then, I'd gone to into very, very small uh, private schools. I'd never 
gone to a school that had a capacity of more than a thousand people. Yeah. Um, and so when I got to NAU, honestly, <clears throat> Nico and I met and bonded over like Bring Me the Horizon and um, you know, Aegean and Fallujah and Magic the Gathering. And then Yes. Yes. You know, Nico was writing metal at the time because he'd been in other bands and I would just lay down real shitty vocal tracks. And I was, I think, the closest person that Nico knew that was untethered with other bands. And Nico was like, you want to give this Kardashev thing a shot? And I was like, I guess I do now. Uh, so it was, it was it was a lot of it was honestly a lot of chance and circumstance and being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. OK. OK. Now, you just mentioned singing and giving it a chance and being a almost kind of a small fish in small ponds as you went along the way a lot of people mark may be familiar with you and your vocal coaching and vocal stuff you do on youtube and stuff was that something you were doing before joining nico and the guys no definitely not so i um I went to school. I didn't finish my degree because I got very, very sick and had okay. to drop out. But I went to school for uh, speech therapy and, and vocal science or speech science, I should say. Wow. Um, and I learned a lot and I loved it and I found it very fascinating. And then over time, just a couple of years ago, I said, you know, I'm really sick of the corporate grind. I really hate having bosses. Uh, I wonder if you know, I could take I could teach people to do this. So I took on you know, I took on a bunch of freebie students just to test the waters, see if I actually had the ability to help people sound better. And it, it worked out. So I said, well, I'm, I'm going to do this then and, you know, not have to explain to my boss why I take bathroom breaks and stuff. <laughs> hey, I, I have to ask you, Nico, starting this out, you know, I'm here just outside D.C. in Maryland. You know, Maryland has a rich history of, you know, like hardcore with the bad with bad brains. Yeah. Sorry, I was choking on something. Oh, yeah. Take your time. <clears throat> so, you know, DC has a history of there's a musical here. You know, Richmond has a huge thing, you know, right up the road in Philly, you know, New York City. One doesn't really paint, you know, and I'm a hockey fan. You can't see in my office here, but I have Washington Capital stuff everywhere, just like in the sports world. Arizona is really not, you know, a hotbed for like ice hockey and sports and stuff, you know, baseball, of course. But so I starting out, was it hard finding fellow musicians that shared one, your passion two since it is a smaller pond, your skill level that you possess? Because Nico, Mark's vocals aside, you're playing, my God, amazing. Wow. Well, thank you so much for that. I, I'm, I'm very honored to hear that from you. Um, you know, regarding the acquisition of people who I think were fitting to the vision that we were trying to create, while also not really depending on the geography to determine what access we had. Because, you know, back in 2009, when we met, we were really looking at any possible avenue to work with people and as a matter of fact by the time we had written the first song which mark wasn't even in on at that point i had put it up on facebook and soundcloud looking for a drummer and so as a result we were able to get a hold of somebody who at the time we thought shared the same vision and skill set and we brought them on board and they helped us write the demo and our subsequent ep Excipio. that unfortunately didn't pan out long term but we were able to reach beyond our borders to look for people who had a similar vision and skill set. So that was kind of nice in that way. 
Yes. Nico, when did you guys start to realize that, hey, there's there's something here? Uh, like fans, you know, like fans are starting to get, or maybe, you know, we're starting to, you know, there's there's some talk around. When did you start to to start to realize that? Um, I think Mark might have a different answer, but for me, it was in 2017 when we released our EP, The Almanac. That was a turning point for my perception of the capacity we had to do something that others might might confide like might enjoy, right? That they might sort of resonate with. That was the record that did it for me. So it took me about seven, eight years before I got to that aha moment. Mark, what about you? Uh, I would actually agree with that. Everything before the Almanac was just us being passionate and people noticed it sometimes and that was cool. But the Almanac is really where I think we started to get a little bit more consistent buzz and, you know, you know, people tagging us in, in things and, uh, so yeah, no, actually, I, I I was in love with it from the beginning, but I would agree with you that the Almanac is where it started to feel like this could actually be something that would gain some momentum. Well, you know, you mentioned your early influences and uh, it's stuff like like that. When when you guys were starting out, you know, we we see in metal trends. You know, we got to think even in our little world. Bands rise and fall, rise and fall. Like I'm, I'm 39, so I was getting into metal. I graduated high school in 01, uh, 2000 or 1999 when Pantera released their final album. That was my breaking into heavy metal, and then I saw like the rise of symphonic black metal, and then I saw you know with Demi Borgir, and then I saw you know the bands like. Um, job for a cowboy and those bands with the metalcore stuff. Um, so you guys looking back on when your early influences, what were your guys early metal influences? Cause I like to gauge what kind of opened the door for you to go down this path. Hmm. Nico, you can start that one yeah. off if you want. Cause yeah, that's, Nico. That's, yeah. 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 No problem. Um, this is a great question because I think it's a shared experience for a lot of, you know, metalheads, but other people in, in general. Um, I remember the advent of the sort of like deathcore and gent era as being very formative for my musical like desires. I, I heard a sound or I heard, I heard a soundscape that somehow said to me, this is what you've been looking for, right? These are the droids you've been looking for, basically. These and, are, yes, these are the droids. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I came across bands like The Contortionist, Fallujah, Aegean, and I was hearing these landscapes of sound that were equally heavy, technical, and atmospheric. And, you know, from The Contortionist side, it was beautiful. There was a lot of beauty found if you listen, if you were an active listener. And so... I was able to identify those qualities amongst these bands as an example. And I thought to myself, this feels right. This feels like what I would want to involve myself with. And it presented an excellent challenge because up until that point, I was only being influenced by death metal and death core. Those were the sole listening experiences that I was trying to achieve. So it, it really took hold of me. And I, I, you know, I'm still working to, with that to this day. Nico, do do Mark and beef before I get to you, I have to ask you this. Did the instrumental bands do anything for you as a guitarist? 
like, do you look back like the, the first time you may have heard like animals as leaders, for example? Uh, you know, they did. They opened my eyes to the possibility of evolving your own skills and your own, um, well, skills is kind of where it ends for me. I mean, the sonic capacity for animals as leaders to produce what is like the most like unique and profound instrumental listening experience, in my opinion, of our generation yeah. uh, is already novel on its own. But I myself am not really a technical player, in my opinion, probably because I'm comparing myself to the Tosin Abbasis of the world, the Josh Martins of the world. And so wow. when I, when I Nico, that hearing, you are very, okay, you are, are, I'm, you know, I'm not going to keep patting you. We're not going to make this a, a love session here, but I think you're a little too, um, too humble here, but uh, that's, that's for a different, a different day. But, but man, I think you're right on board with the, the rest of these guys. Whew. Well, I really appreciate that. And uh, I hope to feel the same as you one day, Mark, I, <laughs> I, I I'm going to yeah. pass it over to you. Yeah. Now, Mark, let's, <laughs> let's, let's pass it over, over to you, bud. No, I'm going to agree though. Uh, you're, you're actually onto something. Cause sometimes I'll come over and Nico will like, Nico will have written a song in like two days and he'll be like, this is, this is kind of just some ideas. And I'm like, this is the fucking coolest thing I've heard. <laughs> yeah, this like, 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 uh, uh, between sea and sky is my favorite example of that. I, I can't, I was like, I was like, this is perfect. Change nothing. So no, I, I Nico, Nico definitely, uh, doesn't realize how good he is. That's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, you know, one thing that I think has really made Kardashev work is that we're all strangely on the same page almost all the time. Like when we got started, for me, it was the same three, you know, the contortionist, Aegean and Fallujah. That was it. That was like the big three. And then <clears throat> vocally, my my favorite vocalist at the time and still today is uh, Jim, the vote Jim Martin of Aegean. He only makes one deep roaring tone, but... I am in love with it. I'm still in love with it. He's one of the greatest, in my opinion. Um, and then over time, as our influences have changed, you know, Nico will be like, I'm into this band called Lantloss. And I'll be like, yep, sure like that. And then he'll be like, oh, have you heard Halitar? And I'm like, boy, howdy, that's good stuff. So when whenever we find a band that we're like, oh, we want to write that, we want to write like, this, like, you know, we want to take influence from this. There's nobody who's like, I don't know. I was thinking about going into like this EDM country combo thing. Like it doesn't happen, you know. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's very similar. You know, it is funny you you mentioned that. You know that I like how you're mentioning these bands and stuff. And you know, you got I like how you guys both mentioned the same three. Do you guys remember though, the first time, maybe as young boys, the first time you heard? A, this is my bull terrier. Of course, you Hi, can't puppy. see it, but this is Charlie. Aww. He's he's uh, people either love him or they say what's wrong with his head. And I, I love bull terriers, I think bull yeah. terriers are so cute and like kind of mopey looking. I love yes. them, they're great. People, people are either I can and I can either gauge, I can gauge quickly how old people are because it's either oh, it's Spuds Mackenzie, the party animal, or it's the target dog. So yeah, that's how I can dog. target dog for me. Target yeah, dog. same target dog. Yep. <laughs> but guys, you remember looking back maybe as as young boys, the first time you heard metal, because I remember before I got a proper introduction, I was young. I played Warhammer miniatures mm, and somebody yes. said, oh, man, check out Bolt Thrower. And I remember it, it, it was like put on. And if I could audibly have taken the headphones off, thrown them, stomped on them covered them with lighter fluid, burned them to never 
infect me again. I couldn't do enough. Mm. Now I love bow thrower, but that was me as a young boy. Do you, do you remember having a first experience with metal? Was it a good one or was it like, oh man, this is, this is horrible. Uh, I, I definitely, I definitely do. Um, the, so I, I grew up in an environment where it was about split 50, 50 metal is evil and will possess you with the devil. <laughs> and then other people being like, you know, we listen to our metal and rock music, just, you know, not in the church parking lot. Um, so it wasn't like not allowed, but I certainly had some preconceived notions mm -hmm. about it. Um, and like Metallica was okay. Like you could listen to like, and that was the first metal band I, I fell in love with was, was Metallica, but like the really heavier stuff people would like frown at. And the, you know, it's funny. I went from hearing the heart, the heaviest band I'd ever heard in my life was Metallica and like disturbed and system of yeah. down and stuff. And my parents were cool with all that. And then my sister was dating this guy for a while and he was like, Oh, here, check this out. And it was necrophagist. Um, <laughs> yes. and I thought it was, I, I was like, this is not music. This is, this is trash. <laughs> and then I listened to that along with job for a cowboy for like, for fun, just to make fun of it. And then a week later I was like, I, I really like this. Yeah, um, wait, you hold on. Entombment of the machine is starting to do something to me. Yeah, yep. I didn't know people could make those noises, like those pig squeals. I was like, is yes. a human doing that? And and it 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 disgusted me to the point of enchantment. Yeah. Yeah, now Nico, you. Uh yeah, so I'm gonna have to echo some of that. My experience with metal is a little bit uh remembered differently, and that was because I heard Lincoln Park and Chester's like sort of like yep whatever that vocal style is of like his screams, his yells. And I thought that's really strange. I've never heard a person make that noise before. And then I thought it was powerful. But then the next thing was like the metal um, compositions and like the ferocity of Disturbed Sickness album. And I just thought to myself like, this is strangely enjoyable, but it seems very percussive and it doesn't have the same kind of like melody that I was used to. Because when I was growing up, my father exclusively listens to the Rat Pack and like crooner oh, music. Okay. And my, yeah. And my mom basically only enjoyed disco. Like these are, this is same their, for mine. Yeah, dude, product. it sounds like you're, you're, seems like you and I are both siblings. <laughs> yeah. Pro we probably were in the same house. Right. And so mm -hmm. this was the music I listened to. So to hear Disturbed or Linkin Park and then eventually getting into, you know, Carnifex and, or better yet, Avenged Sevenfold and then Carnifex, there's this natural, a gateway that led me down a path of is there something heavier is it does it get heavier does it go deeper does it go lower <laughs> where does this rabbit hole go yeah uh, and and it's beautiful that it's still continuing to this day where bands are outdoing previous generations of bands you, in some capacity you know for for what people may say about them negative you know for or against them that's the reason why i give like slipknot so much credit um, like or not like, and I know I don't listen to Slipknot pretty much. I don't listen to them anymore, but there was a time, you know, they're self-titled, you know, that was around me graduating high school. I love that album, but I use Slipknot as an example because they are one of those bands. That's a huge gateway band that now when I'm interviewing artists, maybe 10 years from now, Slipknot's going to be that band where you guys mentioning, like Jim's work, people will be mentioning Corey Taylor's work in Slipknot, or they'll be mentioning just like you did, Nico, dis disturbed more and stuff like yeah. that. So it's it's really cool to hear that. Um, 
I have to take us to a little quick sad note here because I think it's relative to what we're talking about here. You know, the world of metal just lost a huge ambassador of Trevor of the Black Dahlia murder. Yeah. Yeah. Either of you guys fans of Black Dahlia or even if you're not, you have to be a fan of him and his work. He he was championing every single band, the most obscure band camp band with one listener. Yeah. Was him. Yeah, you uh you know <clears throat> as far as the Black Dahlia murder as a band is concerned, I had like the select songs that I was really into um like uh, necropolis and death death mass divine and those songs i was really yeah. into uh but i was always i was always pretty wowed by trevor because like well i mean he was insane right he was rapid fire never took a breath always running across the stage and <clears throat> you know i i remember like when i when i was introduced to Trevor's vocals. You know, this was a time before people, at least in my world and in my, you know, conscious space, were using terms like false chord and fry and, you know, all these all these terms that, that are used now. It was just like, he screams like that because he's Trevor. And his scream was so unique and so high pitched and so shrieking. It was like, it was like a, um, inhuman. And I, for me, you know, I remember sitting around and talking with other people and like, the metal scene after a show and it, it it always came back to like how trevor did stuff how does trevor do it how does trevor do that oh i think he does this you know so <clears throat> people of like you know like like who were getting into metal at the same time as me like around my age like yeah like we're we're all sort of kind of saying like a, a huge influence is gone and it's a weird it's a weird feeling for sure yeah yeah i have i have to agree with mark completely um i've never I can't say that I've ever met Trevor in my memory. I know that Mark has at a show that we both attended together. Um, but the Black Dahlia murder um, was a massive influence on me for learning guitar. And also it, it was like the latter end of my gateway into the extreme side of metal. You know, by the time I had been getting into the Black Dahlia murder, I was watching the Majesty DVD every weekend with my buddies. That was just, that was just a ritual for us, which is a pun I realize now, but uh you know, we would get together on the weekends and we would watch that because they sort of embodied the bigger than life ability to to show the enjoyment of being on the road. Not necessarily enjoyment in that it's all fun and games, but like it seems fun to have the camaraderie that they were displaying. And so, you know, when you had like the Miasma record and Nocturnal, these were pivotal in my desire to improve my abilities on the guitar. And of course, Trevor was leading the way on each of those records and, and his voice would just compound your enjoyment of the listening experience so i have to agree with everyone that we all know it's a massive blow and i'm just hoping that everybody who's affected by the ripple takes some time for themselves and yep. reconvenes when they're ready yep it, exactly uh, i cannot echo that uh enough and you know it's also a reminder i was a police officer for years before my heart failure forced my retirement I got to see on a daily basis how precious life is, but I think a lot of people forget that. Mm. Um, so I hope if something, I'm trying to phrase this the proper way, if something can come from this in a good light, it's to make sure your loved ones, your friends and family, make sure they know how much you love and you care about them and check, check in on people too. 
you know, sometimes I don't think people realize, you know, we live in a day and age when people are so quick to send a quick text, but you know what? Pick up a phone and maybe call a friend now yeah. and then. Like I've, I've made a bunch of friends doing this podcast here and Hey, you know, I might not have met somebody in person, but like I made friends with Mike, the drummer of monuments, Mm. Just just pick pick up a phone, reach up, call somebody, just check in how somebody's doing. And that right there could be the the pickup in their day that they they personally may may need. Um, yeah, it's important. To, it's important to it's important to <clears throat> for everybody to have somebody they feel safe being vulnerable around, you know, yep. and you don't have to be that person for everybody. But for the per the people that you're closest to, you know, giving them that space every once in a while where they can be vulnerable without repercussion. Yep. Is, yep. a, is a big it's a big thing that's that's a great thing uh now to switch gears to, to a more positive note you I, I told you guys before i started the recording i like to do an unscripted thing and jump around and stuff like this and you did mention magic the gathering mark <laughs> I, yeah, I, we... I, I i wasn't gonna let that buy this brain i haven't yeah. played in i haven't played in years i just started picking up hearthstone again and giving that a try mm. Um, mm -hmm. do, do, do you still enjoy card games or any gaming now? If, if I was playing magic, then I know that I would be in love with it. But, um, <laughs> you know, over time I had, I had to trim the fat of my hobbies and that one didn't quite make the cut because it was expensive and it requires other people, you know, and as we've gotten yep. all older, it's, you know, Nico and I, <clears throat> for a while, it was very common that literally every night, six to seven days a week, um, I would finish work at the mall. And then I, we would meet at this place called Gamers Inn uh, at like 10 p.m., 9 p.m. maybe. And then we played till about six in the morning. Um, wow. And That's then, a serious um, sesh. Yeah, yeah. And then my buddy Ricky got into it <clears throat> and uh, we moved, we switched to Denny's because a bunch of the Denny's around us were, were 24 hours. And uh, we would play in the back room, and that was that was the mainstay for years. Playing Magic every day for you know ten hours. Yeah. Uh, and I miss those days, and I love those days. But there's just, there's there's no there's, way to yeah. do that now. Do you, Nico? Possible. Do you still remember the decks you and Mark played? I I was a sliver deck guy. You oh bastard. my gosh, you were <laughs> that guy. Oh. I was that guy because you know what. I'm not one who can understand moves four or five, six cards down the line. To me, yeah. just put out an easy sliver, share your friend's ability, and just have fun. <laughs> okay, I, I, hold on. I resonate with that because I am also not a blue. Uh, excuse me, a blue or white player, right? Those are the colors that I had the least in my decks. So I was very much a tribal. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm I'm choking now. I was very much a tribal like zombie lord type player. I really wanted to compound the efforts of different creatures on the board at the expense of my enemies yeah. type of thing. So I was always playing like big beefy zombies that you had trouble killing, and if you did, you were going to pay for it, right? Yep. Mm. And then Mark, you? I uh, see. I loved locking people up and playing the long game, and yeah. you know there was there was like this stigma that like after a af at a point. It we played a lot of like three person free for all. That was kind of our main format: three people, no teams. And there was there was like this there was this thing where if you didn't if you didn't take me out of the game early enough, like I would lock the board up bad. Um, 
and yeah. that's that's what I would do. I very rarely had like turn one or two wins, but I did quite frequently get people to the point where they were just like, I literally can't do anything. And I was, <laughs> yeah. do you ever have those moments, Nico playing against Mark? Where you're just like, fuck this, Mark. Come on, you get, fuck. Like that's yeah, the whole thing about magic. When you play against somebody who has that deck, that everything has come together for them and they just have you. And you're like, fuck, like, God, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. I had days where I would, uh, I would like, <laughs> I'd say to him, like, no, fuck you. I'm taking you out on turn five. He's like, dude, my deck hasn't even popped yet. And I'm like, sucks to suck, bro. And then there were other things where I was like, I was like, Mark, I want to see this work too, man. Keep going. Like, you're going to shit all over me. Uh, so yeah, I, I loved watching it unfold. Yeah. yeah. Nico, Nico was a lot of like recursion and, uh, and aggression. And I was a lot of like, um, artifacts and countering spells and yeah. hard draw and things like that million okay. people yeah so nico let me ask you this and then mark i'll give you a chance to think about it of course you know we're not living under a rock here we have lived through a pandemic and you know i'm my future sister-in-law and her family is all positive right now with covid um how did you guys use the pandemic time of course you know i'm assuming work on this this album but i like to ask this question did you and i've gotten various answers some guys said hey you know what guitar yep i see you over there but you get real comfy with that corner i'm gonna use this time to rediscover family or the outdoors or hey i'm gonna buy a peloton and ride a lot right um what did you use this time as Nico? Uh, for me, it was a rekindling a love for video games, maybe even to a, a detrimental form of escapism. You know, I found myself sort of leveraging video games in my free time and even putting off work because I was oh. desperate to not think about whatever might have been going on. Um, that was part of it. But then the other part of it, and this was the most optimistic thing, is I started thinking about my health. I started thinking about my mm. wellness. I bought a bicycle. I took advantage of empty roads at two o'clock and three o'clock in the morning. And I just rode my bike on the street where there was not a single car to be found for hours upon hours. Um, and that helped me lose 30 pounds last year. So that Good felt for you. incredible. Yeah, good thank for you. you. And, you know, while, while that felt good and I'm really proud of the effort that I made in that, there was also a lot of time to myself, like everyone. And I got to like think and ponder the world around me and what the future could hold or what opportunities we may have already squandered and moved away from. And, and so it was very reflective and meditative. I started getting into philosoph uh, philosophy like stoicism, trying to sort of understand my own emotions and how to deal with the world around me. Those are the opportunities that I found during the pandemic. Um, and yeah, that's 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 how I tried to use my time wisely, I guess. Now, Mark, you uh, for me, I, I really focused on just putting my putting my life in order, uh, minimizing the chaos, I think. Um, pre pandemic, I, I was a pretty miserable person. Really? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I you know, <clears throat> was dating my wife who was my girlfriend at the time and, you know, doing Kardashev and stuff, but everything was up in the air. I had no schedule um you know it's you kind, walk of, into kind work. of flying by the seat of your pants yeah you walk into work one day you don't know if you're in trouble or not it's a gamble each time and so during the pandemic i i really said like you know um 
out of all the aspects of my health, my mental health is the only one that's the only one that's been close to taking me out. You know, it's the only one that's been close to taking me out. So I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to wake up at the same time each day. I'm going to go to bed at the same time each day. I'm going to, you know, work on building my family and, and, um, you know, becoming, becoming productive, not with the end goal of becoming like, you know, some entrepreneur mobile mogul, but to the point of having enough responsibility and predictability so that my mental health was steady. Um, so I focused a lot on my mental health through creating a stable environment for myself. That's, that's really, uh, admire, admire, sorry, admirable of you because, you know, there was a lot of people who took work being closed or a bunch of places being closed and really did nothing with it. Mm. Um, now let me ask you guys both this musically. Did you do anything? Did you, did either of you guys, did you use this as a, when you weren't working on the new album, did you maybe try something different? That was always maybe a weakness you thought that you had maybe to try and improve upon or did you take it as, you know what? No, this has been my life for 10 plus years. I'm really just going to kind of set it down and walk away. Mm, I, I think for me, um, I'm pretty much only interested put in putting my musical energy into Kardashev. Mm, um, mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, it, if somebody approached me offering like another project or something, I'd pr unless it was like the coolest option ever, I'd probably yeah. say no. Um, just because I, you know, I, uh, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy who's very okay with like, you know, just having a couple important things. I don't have to have my hands on like a million different pots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, no, I, I, I worked on my clean singing a little bit, uh, tried to get better at that. Um, but what do you no. think you do better at Mark? Oh, uh, well, well, it depends on how we define better. Um, <laughs> I will say my my screaming is much more reliable. I can walk up to a mic and I can do any scream in my repertoire. Like, you know, I can't replicate Devin Townsend at all. Um, Who can? Nah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like any of the screams that I'm comfortable with, like Nico could show up right now and he could be like, let's track screaming. And I'd be like, you got it. My singing, my singing to me, like I've gotten so many kind words about my my voice on the album and I, I greatly appreciate that. My clean singing it, from my perspective is still very much a work in progress. Um, and I'm hoping by the next album, it's a lot more reliable and steady because uh, because there was a lot of warming up. There was a lot of, you know. But the day before tracking being like, oh, why did I write a C5? What the fuck was I thinking? That was so yeah. dumb, you know? Yeah. But yeah. But, you know, Mark and N Nico, I'll, I'll, I'll get to you here, but I'm I'm always curious with gentlemen like yourself. Like, you know, I mentioned Opeth earlier or my other favorite band between the Buried and Me. Yeah. You, you, you see what Tommy does there and the switching, the hitting and stuff like that. Is there a lot of skill in you that goes into the switching that is going on? Is that is that taxing on you? It it when not done properly, yeah, it definitely can be, and it's it's certainly more of an advanced skill and one that I'm working on currently. Um, you know, being able to go right from a scream and into into the clean singing uh, that you're gonna do because, like. The, the farther away the screaming technique you're doing is from the singing technique you're going to be doing, 
the more gears you have to move through to get there. So you can be kind of strategic with the way that you write. Like, you know, if I'm going to be belting, maybe I'll proceed that with a very forward resonant balanced and belted high scream. So they switch nicely, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like uh, if we were, if we did go on tour or get a festival, I'd be like, yo, we got to get a studio (laughs) space. And I got a lot of practice to do a lot of practice to do. (laughs) Okay. Nico. Now what, what about you musically? How, how did you handle the pan, the pandemic bud? Now I know, you know, you said you lost weight, which is amazing. And you were riding your bike and I'm glad you found safe open roads because I know here in D.C. where I worked, tragically, bikers were hit and killed all the time. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, for, for me with the music, you know, kind of going back into that deep dive philosophically into stoicism and having time to sort of process and be alone and, 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 and exercising at the same time, I think, does something different with the way that, you know, blood gets to your brain and lets you sort of think in a different capacity. But that being said, it allowed me to uh, explore some of the melodic ideas that you'll hear on this record on June 10th, right? Because this record was basically finished. It was completed during the first year of the pandemic. So by the time we had all sort of entered into this thing, our record was about halfway done. And now we had to sort of write in a different capacity. So every day was a little bit more unknown. And I thought that maybe I would be doing this by myself, but really, really, and I'm so grateful for this. Everybody, Mark included, Alex, Sean, we all picked up the torch and spent time in our own workspaces developing the album on our own. Everybody took the initiative. They didn't like leave me to my own devices. You know, they were right there giving feedback daily every time I'd send them a new idea. So the isolation helped me go deeper into my own thoughts, which in turn likely allowed me to express my feelings through my instruments and my composition writing that much more. So that's, that's the value that I I would, I would like to reflect on and hope that I got out of that whole experience. Nico will, I'm sure you guys know better than I do or any listeners, but fans of the band, will they, will, 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 will people be able to hear or do you hear, I guess is a better question that growth in everybody like we're talking about here, like, do you hear Sean? And you're like, wow, Sean, look at you now. Or Mark or Alex, like, look, like, look at, look at everyone. Like, look at us now. Holy crap. Um, you know, I, I would like to think so. I don't think it's yeah. a, it's a predominantly edict perspective. I think that somebody who has heard a previous record will hear this one and they'll recognize that the drumming doesn't sound programmed, quite frankly, because it's not, you know, Sean spent time at his kit going after every single take, making sure that it was to his liking as he performed it. Alex taught himself how to play piano. He picked up the guitar after not being in a, in a band as a guitarist for years and years, and he wrote riffs for this record. Mark, as he said earlier, he taught himself and improved his ability on clean singing in a metal capacity. You know, these are all elements that might be less obvious to everyone else because, again, they're not on the inside. But if you listen closely, comparatively from previous records, I I think it's pretty obvious that we're bringing a lot of new stuff to the table this time. Gentlemen, when when people hear when June 10th does roll around and Liminal Right is released, it's going to be on Metal Blade Records. I don't say that lightly. 
And I'm sure you guys don't either. That is impressive. Impressive. I have I have interviewed Brian Swagel a couple of times. I have uh-huh. interviewed multiple Metal Blade bands. They all sing nothing but the praises of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to speak for you guys because obviously you know way better than I do. But man, to go from uh, the bearing of shadows to people getting a Metal Blade record. Wow, guys. Yeah. Talk me through that process when this opportunity came about. Was it like, holy crap, pinch me. Is is this really happening? Yeah, actually, I'd like Mark to start this one off because I'm going to be a little bit more long-winded probably. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, You know, it's really interesting um, when when – I'll talk mostly about my own perspective because yeah, yeah. uh, I think that's a more accurate way to go about it. But when Metal Blade reached out to us, I had I had a, a, a couple of thoughts. The The first thought was like, wow, okay. Um, never expected that to happen. <laughs> yeah. At, maybe, at all. maybe a 20 buck spin, maybe a little smaller label, you know. You know yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I was like really surprised and I didn't believe it at first, but you know, my initial thought was not let's grab this no matter what I was actually at a point where I was very happy, uh, being independent and, and unsigned because we had decided as a band that unless like the offer of a lifetime was to show up, we would not be touring or playing, uh, you know, playing festivals. Um, and we, had the merch thing down kind of decently well so my thought was like well let's see what their offer is because if it's if it's going to take away from what we're doing now i don't want to do it and so it was kind of nice that we as a band were grounded enough to where we didn't like make any decisions impulsively and that being said we we actually were able to look at the offer and you know we amended it a couple ways well this is where i'll let nico talk because he did a lot of he 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 communicates directly with metal blade much more than i do um (laughs) But we were able to get something that that really has worked for us very well. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have any complaints working with Metal Blade so far. Um, they're garbage. No, I'm kidding. It's been great so far. It's been it's been fun. You know, yeah. God, what you know, Nico, but re- re- really quick beef beef before you mention, you know, just you got you, you know, you look at rosters, Whitechapel. Armored Saint, Rivers of Nil, you know, my like my God. Like we could yeah. go on and on and on and on and on. Cannibal Corpse, you know, like holy crap, guys. Yep. I felt the same way. I still feel that way. It's one yeah. of it's kind of a it's kind of surreal to to look at to still look at it and think to myself that I, I'm kind of playing in the big leagues now, right? Like I'm on that roster with um with that, you know, that sports star that I've always looked up to for people who like sports, right? It's very yep. surreal to think that you're kind of in the same kiddie pool with them or the big kids pool now, rather. And so when we had initially had talks with Metal Blade, um, I didn't really have much to go on other than they were always in um, the light of my metal experience. We kind of talked earlier about the Black Dahlia murder and how important they've been in the history of metal. And I would go as far as to say, I remember thinking to myself, like, we're on the same fucking label as the Black Dahlia murder. Like this, this is there's no way this is real life. Like everybody says we're living the worst timeline. 
Yes, but like, dude, right here in this capacity, this is the best timeline for me. So thinking about that, I remember distinctly um, talking to Mark and him saying to me, hey, as part of this contract negotiation process, and this is a this is almost a quote, Mark, you correct me if I'm wrong. He said, unless we're offered the tour of a lifetime, like supporting the Black Dahlia murder, I don't think we should be doing tours. And that, if anything, speaks to how important the Black Dahlia has been in the life in our lives, but also how flexible Metal Blade is with at least us as an artist. They didn't try to drive us into a corner and say, you have to do X, Y, Z for us to sign you. They said, what do you guys want out of your musical careers and how can we work that into our business model? And that has been the discussion ever since. Mark, uh, you stepped away, but Nico was mentioning something about um, along the lines of that you had mentioned that if, you know, we're signing with Metal Blade, unless the tour of a lifetime came around, like with a Black Dahlia, you said that, you know, no. Yeah. Um, But let me ask you, is that because you don't want the personal life thrown off? Is that because you you don't need the live thing, the live, you know, aspect like some artists do? You know, it's 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 really just an issue of pragmatics at this point, honestly. Um, I. I have actually never had a high in my life, and I went to college. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I've I've never had a high in my life the same as being on stage and playing a good show. Like I've I've literally like been so into it. I like felt like I disassociated from my body and went to like some alternate plane, which of course it's just brain chemicals. But you know, I um, think Gigi Allen maybe experienced that a little different. <laughs> maybe <laughs> a lot different. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't throw. I didn't throw any poop. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, at this at this stage in my life, you know, I'm I'm going to be 34 very soon. I've got a baby on the way. I run a business, which with one other, well, two other people really, and so time off is very expensive. And you know, it's just when when you have those responsibilities, you can't just be like, all right, I'm going to be gone for. <laughs> six months and we're going to go through an extreme deficit in our finances because as much as as much as i would love to not care about money people people will knock on your door and be like hey bud um where's our money you know so it's just pragmatics it's just pragmatics it would have to be it would have to be enough for me to at least leave without too much detriment to my life but you know you you look here on Metal Blade's website. They have a gorgeous site, but you know it slides from Dune into to Raptors, into you guys, into yeah. Wake, into an artist I just interviewed who I love, Master Boot Record. Um, yeah. uh, just about like you know, Kill Switch Engage. Like holy crap, gentlemen! Yeah, dude. I know. Same here, bro. <laughs> I, holy. I, I, crap i appreciate your excitement because i we definitely have felt the same way before sometimes nico and i you know we'll be hanging out working on music or not and we'll just be like you know those two dopey little college kids you know made it to metal blade that's weird um it's crazy okay but you know now here's a a big question with that though nico does metal blade since you've worked you know it a little bit more are they how much do they have their fingers in the pot? 
Do uh, they say, hey, Kardashev, be Kardashev, whatever you want to do, have at it. You know, the most awful experience I've had with them so far is that they ask me what I want to do, and I'm really depending on them of what I should be doing. So <laughs> like, please tell me. Give me give me give me some some guidance here. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm kind of drowning in the deep end with what I should be doing for you guys. And you're just kind of the chill lifeguard watching me and saying, you'll get it, you'll figure it out. But so they ha- they provide so many resources and they have so many people that are skilled and just ready to help you do whatever your vision is. And the crazy part is I don't have a fucking clue what we're supposed to be doing because I don't know, man. Every day I just make it up and I'm like, hey, Metal Blade, is this cool? And they're like, yeah, it works for us. And hey, I'm like, holy know, crap, this is insane. What is that famous phrase, Nico? What? Fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, mm. dude. Fake it till you make it. And, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> and they've just been facilitating us the, along the entire way. They have excellent guidance. They have a ton of resources. Obviously, a ton of people on their team have these like incredible uh, histories of working with some of the biggest bands on the planet at different points in time. And so to think that I have access to not only them as a resource, but their experience, it, it blows my mind in ways that I don't even know which questions to ask. I'm asking them like, hey, is this shirt design okay? And they're like, dude, we don't care. Just like Dude, do what yeah. you want to do. We, I'm like, Holy we crap, have cannibal. Co- yeah. We have cannibal corpse on our roster. You can do anything <laughs> you fucking want. Yeah. Have you seen their shirts? Like, dude, you can do whatever you want. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's beautifully, um, it's beautifully spacious. They don't, like I said, they don't lock you into any corners or anything. If anything, what they do is they try to positively reinforce whatever you're doubting in yourself. I said to them the other day, I was like, Hey guys, um, I'm trying to work on a bunch of these playthrough videos for all of these new songs. I'm getting my my drummer uh, to send me these like lesson playthroughs, which I'm, I've been editing for the last two days. And they're like, that's great. When you can get it to us, please do. But there's like no rush. And I'm like, how are you so kind? Like how? Because there's this stigma, right? There's this stigma that r- record labels are like big bad guys who are taking all your money and telling you what to do and when to do it. And like take all these deals. and Don't do these deals. I haven't experienced that yet. And maybe it doesn't justify because we're not big enough, but it seems like it's going to be an amazing relationship. Guys, I'm not putting the cart before the horse. You you know, please. Let's just, I just want to think about this though. But the thing is about you guys that seems to shine through is that this is an amazing opportunity. And if for whatever reason, the future doesn't work out, you guys would keep going back to Kardashev and just keep putting out music. And hey, I'm sure you will enjoy the ride, but thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. We'll see where it takes us. You know, we, we don't we don't really know. I, I think that after this album releases and we see what it's like to release on a record label, we'll have a better idea for album two. But for now, I'm just like sitting back and observing and learning and, you know, trying to trying to 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 uh, be available when people ask and you know yeah you know definitely not knocking you guys at all but there has there's something said about being on a big label five years ago you guys released the music video for between sea and sky mm-hmm. has 138,000 views okay Mm-hmm. Um, Glass Phantoms came out six days ago and is already about to tick over to thirty thousand. Yeah, it's you doing know, okay. Yeah. It's doing all it's, right. Yeah, it's doing all right. <laughs> it's doing all right. You know, Spotify plays are 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 through the roof. I 
I, I got to tell you what, I love your guys' glass fandoms video. The way that is shot, the, the intro that I did and all the emotion that comes through why I'm a huge fan of you guys came through in that video. I want to, so I want to talk about that. How do you guys, you know, you're knocking out a bunch of videos now. Is that something that you guys, you did all kind of back to back to back or was this spread out over a time period? You can go for that one, Nico. Sure. Um, this is something that I try to knock out as the, the songs come out. I think of this very much from a, from a fan's perspective, kind of going back to when I was explaining why we were writing this music back in 2012, it's because we wanted to hear it. And so I really try to put myself in the shoes of the fan. I get, I get messages regularly and I don't, I don't mean to brag if it comes off this way, but I get messages regularly about people just saying, Hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up. It, it affected me in a positive way. And that really helps me gain the perspective of the people who get to hear what we're doing. And so in some way, I feel sort of compelled to give them more of what they already have. I want to compound their, their love and, and, and interest in something that they have just found and that they feel sincerely about. So I take it upon myself to try to get in front of the camera regularly. Um, up until about two or three months ago, I was on Twitch, just like you. And I was out there couple times a week trying to just play our music and interact with the community and, and be a sort of pillar of support for people who needed to hang out with somebody for a little while. And so as a result of that, I sort of embody what it means to be a fan. I know that I am fans of various things in the world that I just, I, I, I hope every day that maybe they will release another thing. They'll give me one more piece of a puzzle that I'm trying to put together. And so by embodying that, I feel compelled to make more of these videos. Mark, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. on Yes. That. Uh, I, it's, you know, I, I know this has been said, but it's very similar for me as well. You know, I, um, I, I think one of my favorite aspects is, um, I think one of my favorite aspects is, is just interacting with people. And, you know, I, I obviously don't do the Twitch thing, um, but putting up these videos and stuff is a way to like, talk, you know, you can talk to people in the comments, you can see see what people are saying about it. Um, and I think that's my my favorite, my favorite part about creating music is, is sharing it. Um, you know, I, I really, I really enjoy when you create something and it resonates with people. And so it's a way for people to do that. I will say that like, um, <clears throat> you know, I hope down the road, I hope down the road I can I can make some playthroughs that are a little bit uh, bigger and fancier than the compost grave song one. But, you know, where we're at, what we have right now. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping to have enough time to do another one or maybe like a lyrical analysis video. I don't know if that would gel as well. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, we, we like putting them out. We like interacting pe with people and they, they serve their purpose in that way. You know, you guys have have done a bunch here do you does is this something that you guys have a vision like each time you go into it nico like do you already know what the next one like you may already every time i do an interview something always drops a week or two later and i'm like man they if they only could have spoke of it then but uh <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, who is the visionary for the music videos is it is it you or is it a collective thing um, I, I would say it's pretty collective when it comes to the, the imagery, you know, we're all trying to kind of add in our two cents and retain, we like to retain like a person, a person ability 
to each of us or like we, we come mm -hmm. off somewhat approachable, but also, you know, this, this has turned into something more serious than we originally started. You know, we used to, we used to demo our songs and call it like fart song one, fart song two. And that's how we knew that we were still enjoying it. And now we still do that in our own way, but it's kind of less playful than if you were to watch like our behind the scenes videos. So now so it's like, so, so now it's like burp eight or nine or something. You kind of make it go. a little yeah. classier. Just the big clouds. <laughs> it's belch one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, so we still have fun with it. The music video, though, was kind of a group vision. We all kind of had ideas and thoughts. Actually, Sean found the space for us. Um, I helped schedule everybody to get us on location. Um, Sean and Mark both like kind of designed the space with how they thought that the camera angles and the lighting should work out. There's a really beautiful behind the scenes video that's goofy as hell. If you guys want to check it out on our YouTube where you get to sort of see the discussion that happened on site as we were figuring out how the video should be shot. Okay, I a couple more questions and then I will let you guys go here. Do you feel um though that you know you've mentioned Mark about the comments in the YouTube and stuff? I've always wondered this. I can't think I've ever asked an artist this question. So it's gonna be interesting. You guys give such amazing responses. You guys are great guests. Um <laughs> thank you. How much though into user user feedback into fan feedback do you play into because everybody has an opinion yeah well first off you're you're, you're you give great questions so uh, <laughs> oh, well, you, well, thank you you make it easy um you know <clears throat> it's it's kind of a lot in a way um you know one thing that nico especially has worked really hard with is is including fans and their feedback in the creative process um through uh the the enlisted traveler program which he he basically put together um but uh i mean we i don't re i don't respond to every comment because eventually you just can't but uh i definitely do read them and and i i have to say um the comments so far especially on the video which i want to give a shout out to uh connor uh, Gilkinson, uh, he, his cinematography and his, his work was phenomenal. Beautiful. Um, and then, and then Julian, uh, his friend, Julian, uh, the, the last name escapes me, uh, a lot helped a lot with like the photography and the lighting and everything. So it was great. Um, but, uh, reading the comments, like it's been really good and it's made me feel real good. Every, you know, everyone, every once in a while, someone gets a little, gets a little spicy, but, uh, you know, what always gets me you know, is that one comment. It's that one comment that people say it's like, Oh, his beard. Like people, fucking internet trolls, they pick on the biggest fucking thing. You're like, man, his beard had that one patch. And you're like, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yep. You know, somebody, somebody bring me the fucking uh, just for men. I'm fixing that gray patch right now. Right now, mm. I get you know, one thing that's interesting is I get a lot of physical comparisons. People comment on my appearance a lot um sometimes it, it it doesn't ever really bother me um and sometimes it's true like a lot of people especially when my hair is a little bit more wiry you're, they'll be like you are my fucking hero mark <laughs> <laughs> i get i get a lot of zach galifianakis which i'll own it absolutely um they're just just true i get um, that too when i used to work and i had longer hair yeah yeah and but those don't bother me because like i'm gonna look to people how how i look you know and what what can you do about that? But most most of the comments are really kind and really nice and really supportive. Yeah, you've also gotten like Nick Offerman. You kind of had a resemblance for a while there. 
You know who I get I, a lot more when I was thinner, but I still get it now, and I have I don't understand it. I see it zero percent. People sometimes tell me I look like Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Do they know? Like, first of all, like we look nothing alike because I'm extremely handsome. Um, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> oh, here we go, buddy. Here, here we, we go. go. Here, we go. here we go. No, but like, if you put yep. me next to him, it's like it's like he's thin and fit and has dark hair and like angular features and. And oh. I am no, I am none of those things. Oh. So it's just like okay. Nico. <laughs> the next time you 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 are with Mark, you have to have some some little round spectacles for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll make up a little uh, lightning bolt <laughs> on his forehead. We'll, we'll, we'll sell it. <laughs> you know, going back to your going back to your comments about the comment section, I, I I love going through and reading about it because a lot of it informs me as to how how we fit into the bigger picture. Um, I know I mentioned it before, but like being on Metal Blade is kind of like this weird torch that's been passed to us. And I feel like responsible for like sort of inspiring people in whatever way that I can. And I'm not going above and beyond for sure, but I try to like, like I said, be accessible to our fans and give them as much as I possibly can. So when it comes to the comments section, I'll read through them and and I'm pretty level-headed because I know people are in you know, they get to have their opinion. If they want to talk about Mark's appearance, so be it. They didn't say the music was garbage, right? Like, okay, fine. But on on the same hand, like, this really helps to inform, I think, how I understand that we fit into everything. Um, as an example, an article came out recently, I think it was Loudwire, where Mark um, was interviewed and huh. the, the, the title of the article was, meet the viral YouTuber who's inventing a new metal genre. Uh, and and we all we've all kind of made that noise that Mark did, where we're like, oh boy, that sounds much more, uh, whatever. That's very clickbaity. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, I don't think that that's necessarily bad or good. But I will tell you that the result of supposedly creating this subgenre of metal known as death gaze is a direct result of reading those comments. Hearing people say, you're not this, you're not this, you're not this, until eventually you say, well, fuck it, I'm going to make up what I am then. And sure enough, you invent a genre. You know, and, and in in that article's defense, I, I do have to admit, I used the word coined wrong. I misunderstood. I was like, oh, yeah, Nico coined that term. I thought coined that term meant like to to like bring it into use. That's what like, I think, yeah. But not to invent. And then recently I've been informed, like, no, if you're saying you coined something, you're saying you invented it. And I was like, whoops. So there, yeah. there, I did, I did say, I, I guess I accidentally did say we invented it, but we, yeah. It, Nico's right, though. It, it has worked out for us in kind of a funny the, way. But you know, the, yeah. the comments, you could just, I'm, I'm not one to read comments because everybody has an opinion, but I'm not in a band. Um, but like somebody said, bounce this on my boy's eight string for an hour with this on repeat. Great job. And, and somebody said one minute in already my favorite song. I just, <laughs> I just death gazed the shit out of this video. Like most of it is just kind of like an off the cuff drive by comment of their feeling in that moment. But when you get down to like the constructive stuff, that's when I think you're in the weeds that at least us as creators are sort of looking for, right? We, we want not just affirmation, but, but a criticism that is constructive. If they had yeah. said words to the effect of this is really cool, but I, I don't, I don't think your guitar tone sounds modern to me that that really informs me. And I say, you know what? I think I might go back to the drawing board on that guitar tone and see what I can sculpt <laughs> out because it, it's, it's, it's sort of a reciprocal in that way, but the yes. trolls that are just like, 
why does he make the yelling noises? He's the worst country singer ever. I'm like, great, dude. You missed it. Like, it's right but, over your head. And then and somebody said here, some other bands have guitar solos. This monster of a band has vocal solos. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, my friends, my friends. Uh, I have to ask. Uh, before we get out of here, how how is you know? I started to mention it earlier, but I kind of changed up because my ADD took off. How is Tempe, and how is Arizona for music? Are there a lot of opportunities for you guys to play around, or or have you guys kind of I don't want to say worn out your welcome, but have you almost kind of played every venue there that uh, you can play? Uh, that's a hard one actually because we have not played a live show since 2016. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah, we, I, you know, I, my answer is outdated because I don't really know this scene. I've just recently starting to go, started going to shows recently. Like recently we saw Rivers of Nile and uh, Warforged and Fallujah. Isn't and it Memorial. weird being at a show now? I saw Mastodon and Opeth and Chemist a couple weeks back. And I'm yeah. like, man, this is weird. Oh, yeah, here yeah. we are. Um, yeah. And so I'm really just kind of learning about the scene now i'm I'm sort of relearning it i will say that back when we were part of the reason we haven't played a show since 2016 is because uh it was miserable uh the 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 fans were cool i'll I'll leave it like that the fans were really awesome and i loved meeting music enthusiasts but uh the business of it uh we all decided was too too silly for us to be involved do you know what in. what no, do you know the only thing yeah. i know about your your scene and your area it's a dry heat. If I hear that yeah. term one more time, oh I'm, God, gonna, I'm gonna fucking scream. I would meet tourists yeah. coming to DC all the time, and they're like, "Oh, you guys are near humidity here. Back home in Arizona, it's just a, it's a dry heat." Oh, gag me with your dry heat. Yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I that that is a weird like weather flexing is one of the strangest <laughs> things, and I've never under I've literally. <laughs> never understood it you know you'll be like oh it's a bit cold today and then somebody cartwheel kicks through your window and they're like you don't know cold buddy. <laughs> yeah, you don't know cold us in buffalo get the winds coming off the lakes and it's yeah. minus 20 here <laughs> my uh my my response to that for a while and people stopped weather flexing to me because it happened a lot when i worked in corporate settings because yeah you don't talk you, you talk about small talk right is uh is people would be like oh you don't know what it's like to wake up earlier you don't know what it's like to deal with rain i'll be like yes you're worth your life is worse than mine and i'm glad that i am not you and they didn't like that uh and then they stopped uh yeah. stopped weather flexing i was like yes i am a better i'm in a better situation and, and okay thankfully, so not guys you. tomorrow it's gonna be a high of 102 okay yeah. What, Sounds about right. Like looking here, 102, 105, 100. Like this is quality pod, podcast content here. <laughs> I don't care how you say it. That's fucking miserable, right? It sucks. It sucks. Yeah, yeah it sucks. It's pretty bad. It sucks. Yeah, it fucking Wait. sucks. And, th and that's all we're going to talk about the fucking weather. Um, yeah. Last yeah. question here. And <laughs> last last question before I let you guys go and let you guys go on about your, your day. I mentioned that my love of ice hockey I live for hockey. The Coyotes there are pro are not really loved by the fans. That's why they are moving to Arizona State to play there next year. Are you guys aware of of that? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool that we have a hockey team. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I. Sorry, uh... sorry, I just I'm not in sports. That ain't me. Yeah. Yeah. But a fucking professional sports team is moving in and playing at the college. That sounds uncommon. 
Yeah, oh, weird? it's is super uncommon. It is super oh. like my Washington Capitals play in front of 18,000 fans in our arena and it sells out. They're moving into an arena that seats like 5,000, a professional ah. sports team. Mm. Woof. Yeah. Well, well, I guess if you guys followed hockey, that would have been a better <laughs> question, but <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed learning about how strange you know it was what? from you. Babe, they just yeah. gave my my comments, my, my questions. They gave them a big thumbs up up until that question there. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, womp, womp, womp. Uh, okay. Mark, Nico, I'm telling you what, my, my friends, this was one hell of a damn interview. Mm. I cannot wait for your album, Liminal Right, to be unleashed on the masses June 10th, as that one YouTuber said, so he can black gaze the shit out of it yeah right <laughs> yeah and and you know it, it this was a lot of fun thank you so much for your excitement and your and your your thoughtful questions and uh yeah this was this was definitely a good time I, i'm really glad that uh nico and i were both able to do this i i was just about to say that nico I'll give you a, a, the, the final say sir all right well uh matt i want to thank you a bunch for having us on uh mark thanks for joining me today dude i know that wasn't the originally the plan but here you are supporting me being a good friend and kind of going back to the uh to the Trevor Sternod situation and the Black Dolly Brother and the inspiration and reaching out to those that we love. Mark, I love you, dude. Yeah. Thanks, man. I I feel the same. Anybody who knows me knows that I have a very hard time saying that. So I say I feel the same way. And it is oh. very heartfelt and meaningful. Thanks. Dude. There we go. There we go. <laughs> you guys, you guys, uh, I love it. Um, thank you for joining me. Liminal Right is out. June 10th on Metal Blade Records. I have to ask real quick, guys. I haven't checked because I wanted to ask you. I'm a vinyl guy. Is there vinyl? There is. Yeah, I think we have eight variants very um, across the uh, across the world. So a lot of them are in Europe and a couple of them are in the North American territories. Yep. Is vinyl, do you know, is vinyl going to be delayed or anything? Because I just got notification by Between the Barrier to Me, Colors 2 vinyl that was ordered last August just now shipped because of the global pandemic and everything. Yeah. Logistically there have been setbacks, but as far as I know, and until I'm told different, it should be shipping when it's releasing. I'm going to fucking pre-order right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mark, Nico guys, this has been one of the best interviews I've ever done. I truly mean that you guys, I could keep talking to you guys for hours, but I'll let you go with your families or, let you think about kicking Mark's ass, Nico, or think about <laughs> kicking the ass back in those magic days. Guys, yeah. it was a pleasure. It was certainly yeah. a pleasure. Thank you for everything, right. guys. Thank yeah. you. Take Appreciate care. it.